Alrighty, we're gonna roll to see you guys introducing themselves first. Roll for initiative, boys. Alright. Oh, crap. Do we have any modifiers? Yeah, do we have any dex modifiers? Um, I'm gonna say for me it doesn't matter. <laughs> I got a plus zero, boys. <laughs> uh, if we're basing it off our real life human forms, once upon a time my dex modifier might have been two. It has diminished to one now. I've had a lot of beer tonight, so I'm I mean, surprised if I don't have an idea. Mason, you you dance though. Yeah, I was gonna say I dance, so I don't know what my dex mod would be. You know, is, is dance performance, so it's charisma, or is it dexterity because of footwork? I, I would oh, say. I don't know. I, Christmas force of presence. It's a bit of both, no. honestly. But <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I'm again gonna say my modifier will not matter. I got a, fi- uh, I got a 15. Flat, I rolled an 18. Net one, boys. <laughs> well, I am victorious. I am going first in the initiative order. My name is Trevor. Um, long time DM. Long time person searching for a way to actually keep track of all my D&D thoughts. Um but instead of doing that, I just watch another random YouTube video about somebody else's D&D thoughts. Good job. Good job. Gotta love YouTube. Um, my name's David. I am a creative. I just, I make things. And I play lots, well, as much D&D as I can. That's not a lot, but there we go. I am Mason. I am also a creative and a GM and also a player. And ever since D&D came into my life, um, I am occasionally not allowed to go on walks with my wife because I talk about D&D too much when we're on walks. This is the main reason for this podcast. Yes. Is <laughs> Relationship I, I don't know. Us. I don't know about David. I haven't heard. I haven't heard you talk about it, but I know for Mason and I that any and i fully understand because the depth in which i get into role-playing games and talk about my campaigns is too much for most people so i bring it up to my wife and i can see the glaze immediately settle over (laughs) her eyes so i need an outlet i need i need some other nerds to talk to my wife usually picks up her phone I'm literally here to confess my (laughs) sins and beg forgiveness because uh, yesterday I went on a walk with Shelby, my wife, and uh, we walked for about, it was about a half hour, 40 minute walk, it's like a mile and a half, Um, and for the entire duration of the walk, I was criticizing a module that I had read for Pathfinder. Listen, listen. At, at okay. It's failings in plot, encounter design, both combat and non-combat. How every combat encounter was, a- or non-combat encounter was actually secretly a combat encounter because they don't know how to design a different kind mm-hmm. of encounter than combat. Listen, this is important see, stuff. See, Rachel was that patient for a while, but eventually we sat down and had to talk and she was like, I love you. I do. But if you're going to talk about D and D, you gotta you gotta cap it at like three to five minutes. That's all I got. <laughs> three no, to five like, minutes. The frustrating thing is, that, like I told myself as we so started, she was talking. like, she she basically was like, figure out what's important that you want to say, and talk about the big moments, 
because I don't want to hear about how many modifiers people have. <laughs> I I felt so bad because like as we started Which the watch, I I know it's a thing I do. I'm like I'm not gonna do it this time. Just watch. I'm gonna have so much self control. I'm not gonna monopolize the entirety of the walk talking about D and D. I did it. I did it really <laughs> bad. I do it every time. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> um, that's funny. Yeah. Well, uh, besides <laughs> talking about our personal failings and relationship dynamics, what's what's the goal today? What are we trying to discuss? Mason, you got this? Sure. Um, before we do that, do we want to do our random facts of the day, or do we not want to do those? Oh, always. 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 Uh, Trevor, you want initiative. You still got to go. Okay. We're back at the top of the round, boys. Random fact. Does it have to do with D&D? It has Ooh, to be random. It's random. It has to be random. <laughs> it's random okay. Man. Um I I'm not very old, but I know that I'm starting to get old because I work for the postal service and I ran three packages up apartment stairs two days ago and I'm still sore. Oh man. <laughs> That's rough. Dude. Granted, they were like fifty-pound packages, but still, That's it was fair. like. Uh, the dude, people underestimate stairs. I, I, I like was jogging packages to porches today, and I was like, "Oh my fucking legs!" Yeah. Ugh, damn your gravity. Anyways, um, so your random fact of the day: uh, if a jellyfish stings, you don't pee on it. Uh, don't do that. It's not yeah, that's, good. Yeah, that's definitely a myth. It's it's a huge myth. It only makes you look weird and everyone around you disturbed. Mm-hmm. Hydrogen peroxide, if you have it, works really well. Or just sit there and watch the person ride in pain. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> only like 10% of jellyfish have like a dangerous enough sting that you need to worry about it they hurt yeah. they're not fun <clears throat> but yeah don't pee on people that's not cool it's, I mean, unless, unless it's consenting or kelly i well yeah i guess if you're into <laughs> wet work but yeah um oh hold on unless you're mason. rich enough to avoid the law there that's, we go it's a big there caveat there. <laughs> um, mason what you got Dave just did jellyfish, but now I'm stuck on it because <laughs> the Portuguese man of war isn't a jellyfish, even though it's like the one thing people think of when they think jellyfish. The Portuguese yeah, it's like man the stock war, photo. Yeah, it, it is actually a colony animal where like most of the parts you see are a different species technically, and they all like cohabitate in this like freaky. I, I'm pretty sure they're different species. At the very least, they're different organisms, and they like cohabitate Dude, as this freaky. Here, here's thing. a here's a random tip. If you want to make your D and D world seem cool, or your your whatever fantasy universe, oh, Trevor. yeah, I I mess up and branded it. Whatever <laughs> fantasy universe you ascribe okay, to, I'll bleep it out. Probably Forgotten Realms or otherwise. Um, I have to bleep two things now. Literally, <laughs> learn something real about the world and just put it into your campaign unfiltered, and it will blow people's minds because people don't know how weird Earth is. Yeah, go into Dude. the ocean. I had my, I had one of my parties fight a uh, a mantis shrimp, which are sh- little shrimp that like basically box things underwater, and they can punch so hard that it creates a vacuum underwater and knocks fish out, and then they just eat the fish while they're unconscious. So like 
I had them fight a giant version of that, and they were like, "This is the craziest thing ever." And I'm like, "It's it's a it's a real thing." Do you want to know something crazier? <clears throat> um, one mantis shrimp are freaking dope. I love the heck out of them. Well, then um, you got pistol shrimp. <clears throat> pistol shrimp just yeah. snap their claw to do that, and it does a thing called cavitation where it creates a vacuum, mm-hmm. and as the air pressure readjusts, it can reach temperatures similar to the surface of the sun. Yeah. Dude, so nature's nature's wild, man. Especially think of the that the size of like a bulldog, and suddenly you just got this thing snapping a claw, and a fireball blows up your city or whatever. Like, mm. also, uh, yeah. Well, I was I was I was bitching at Trevor because he, you know we we think the same apparently about having you know a giant man of war city that you know multicultural hub, different organisms. There you go. However. I have an addition to that in that uh, there is a, I believe, octopus or something like that comes up and deliberately tears Man of War tentacles off and yeah. uses them to fight off like sharks and stuff. So another cool monster you can use against your players. The poison death save, by the way. Mm-hmm, dude. Like, yeah, if, if you want if you want good monster inspiration, look into the ocean or look into any extreme biome, and mm-hmm. you will find some creature that is very weird that actually exists. That if you put in your D and D campaign and maybe make it twice or three times as big, people will be scared. Beetles. I mean, even just normal stuff like the cuckoo, like you know, body snatcher horror is a big thing. You know, make that that's doppelgangers really when you think about it. Mm-hmm. They're just a new spin on an animal that already exists. Yeah, nature be crazy. Anywho, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, the actual topic. Sorry, sure. we we can't talk about <laughs> random facts. We're too we're too easily we sidetracked for that. that. That's just why we only do it once per recording session. Campaign. <laughs> that's why we only do it once per recording session. Otherwise, we would not have an actual podcast. Um. So the actual topic du jour, like you asked, Dave, um, we're thinking, we're, we're, since we've kind of talked about like what is role-playing, which really is the core of tabletop role-playing games, now we want to talk about how do you start playing the actual game. You know, We talked about how to start role-playing, so how do we play the actual uh, game? A little more complicated than one might think, as it turns out. Um, and so step one we're going to talk about is just how do you find... How do you find a game or build a game? And we're talking like a campaign, just getting a group together to sit down and play a game. Yep. So that's step one. Um, Who wants to start? Um, I have a a few ideas off the bat. Um, So for me, the most consistent and enjoyable way that I found to get a group together is like begging my friends and acquaintances to just try it. Um, the downside to that is you are going to have to be the DM in that situation. Um, if you are looking to play the game and you know any nerdy adjacent people, you might ask them if they've ever played and if they'd be willing to host a game if you got a couple people together. Um, but what yeah, what I've done a lot and what has been some of my most fun campaigns has been people I already knew either through work, uh, 
personal relationships uh, or just like random people that I've gotten to know over time is just be like, hey, I'm not playing D&D right now and I'd like to be. So I'm just going to shoot my shot and see who will join. Um, And that can work. um, But sometimes people are resistant to it. Um, Have you guys ever like encountered that? Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, no. Uh, I mean, I'm sure we've all experienced this to some level, but, you know, you get the the eyebrow raised and they're like, what'd you say? And I'm like, D&D, you ever play Dungeons and Dragons? Come on. Um, and, you know, they, they look flustered and think you're weird and never talk to you again. There's that way. Um, or you can be like Trevor here and just, I guess, be able to detect nerdy auras from the people he works with. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, that's how, that's how he formed our campaign. He just basically walked up and asked us, <clears throat> which was awesome. Um, but you know, the worst that can happen, the worst that, that can happen is they just say no or, mm-hmm. you know, fuck off. It, it's the worst not the worst, but the most commonly worst thing that can happen. Um, I, I highly suggest just, uh, well, the military likes to call it towing the line. Basically, you get the ball rolling if you want to do something. And, you know, that can apply to a lot of life, so. Yeah. Mason, what do you, th- what are your thoughts? Um, Gonna build off of the asking family and friends really quick, and then I'll mm-hmm. move on to some other stuff. But sometimes a response you will get and just be ready for it is if someone like has tried it and didn't necessarily like it. Um, there can be a lot of reasons they've done that, and if you're just barely starting, just like ex- probably accept it and move on. Honestly, but like for example, right now my wife hasn't played D and D in a while because the last time we did, the last two times we did play, she didn't have fun. One was because there was a player in the party who I've mentioned before, he was like the one guy I've ever had to kick out. Um, Mm. And I will cop to the fact that I didn't do it in the best way possible. Instead of actually kicking him out, I just kind of, we stopped playing for a while. And that's largely due to the fact that I still wanted to play with his brother, which made it very awkward. But like, you know, if I'd have just been up front and be like, yo, be gone. You know, we could have still been playing and she would have had better memories and stuff like that. And Mm. although it was just with a system she wasn't a fan of, she did not have fun in that setting and campaign. And so... You know, they're, they're, that there's multiple kinds of resistance, and sometimes it's just like they had a bad experience, and that's the one that's fresh on their mind. And like for my wife, she wants, she knows one the last time she had fun, and she's like, if we're playing this thing, and it was the last thing we did where I have fun, I will be there in a moment, just like right away, hands down, drop everything and run. Um, so, you know that you will get resistance, and finding out why can be helpful. You know, if it's someone that has played and they're not wanting to play, like figure out why and maybe you can help them. But, you know, not always an option. Um, other ways to yeah. find people. Oh, did uh, you can, I, can I yeah. butt in real quick and just touch touch back on the finding the nerdy aura uh, <laughs> comment that David made? It is, uh, I like, 
I I was like the weird like closet nerd for a bit, which like being nerdy and being a geek is is much more chic and much more popular nowadays. Um, uh. Uh, well, in in certain <laughs> circles, but it's it's a lot more widely accepted, I yeah. think. Um, you know, a lot of pretty much everybody plays a video game or has experience playing video games, and that's an easy gateway. Um, and so part of that was, you know, I was in Utah. I'd moved to a new town. I didn't really know anybody. We were struggling to make friends. My wife and I made most of our friends and acquaintances at the dog park, um, <laughs> which is which is funny, but also awesome because I love dogs too. But like whenever I talked to people, I knew that I wanted to play D&D and I wanted to find cool people to play uh, any role-playing game with or even just board games. Like I love stupid generic board games or the more complicated uh more popular versions nowadays um and so i was always looking for people who talked about video games people who would engage with me when i talked about fantasy or fiction writing people who talked about movies or people who um talked about some other creative like hobby yeah. Because if you yes. if you pay attention and you notice people and they are interested in one of those things, they would likely enjoy D and D, or be willing to give it a try. So like like with David and Mason, I mentioned that I noticed David like drawing and he was drawing like uh, kind of a, a mixed fantasy character when I saw um, and I heard Mason like talk about a few nerdy things um that you were summer child <laughs> a, a dead a dead giveaway um so, but also like the the other person in our campaign who plays theo like he's not outwardly super nerdy but he's just like a super fun outgoing person who like likes to try things so i was just like hey i like hanging out with him i think he'd be really fun to play games with I have no idea if he'll say yes. And honestly, I didn't think he would. And he did. And we've been playing for almost three years now. And he also has one hell of an imagination. Yeah, he's wild. So it's, so it's a mix. It can be a mixed bag. Like it's weird. Like I, I, I definitely understand. I guess I brought that up to like say that I understand if it might feel weird to ask people to play D and D with you. Um, or, or any role-playing game, or even, like, board games, because sometimes there's, like, this stigma, stigma on it. Like, hey, I'm, like, nerdy, and, like, I read fantasy books, and I play video games, but, like, I'm not going to play D&D or, like, Magic the Gathering or <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh! or XYZ. Like or, or like, like even, even me, I'm, like, you know, I, like, play role-playing games all the time, and, like, I write my own campaign world, but, like, I'm not, like, painting you know, Warhammer 40k minis, which is like douchey of me. I mean, it's yeah. here, here's, here's the thing. We all, we all judge. We all judge. Yeah. Uh, there's always going to be tears to things and there's nothing wrong with painting figures. I, I've painted figures, um, but I'm lazy. So now I'm, I'm, I'm backing. I, I think the point, the point I was trying to make 
and was way too long-winded about is that um, sometimes like these tabletop role-playing games where you're making a character and you are playing for an extended period of time feels like an extra step into the nerddom yeah. for some people. It feels like, ooh, I'm I'm a geek, but I don't know if I'm I'm that geeky. Um, but a lot of people are willing to try it. So yes. give the pitch well, and see where it goes. So that's it, one that's one way. It's the weirdest thing. Is it's nothing worse than asking guys over to watch the game with. I mean, realistically speaking, they're equal. So the there is a difference in participation, but I yeah I get what you're saying. Where like the time commitment and regularity is definitely the same. Yeah, um, I mean yeah. I I I I just I try not to look at it when I'm inquiring other people about whether or not they play. It's I don't equate it to something detrimental. I mean it's yeah. Yeah. Um, some, the other thing I was going to bring up is like, you, you kind of touched on it, Trevor, but like anybody that is just interested in the fantastic and not just like fantasy as a genre, but like any fictional medium that they mm-hmm. find interesting and that they can get like excited and passionate about and they're talking about that kind of stuff, that's like a huge red flag that they would probably, given the right opportunity and the right circumstance, really love role playing. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the key, though, is understanding, and we'll get to this later, it's the next topic we'll talk about, is you see that someone's interested and in, in, engaged in a, a form of fictional media, and or even like a realistic one, if they're like a history buff, and they're like all about like, you know, all medieval history and the wars and all that kind of stuff, they could I still mean, be yeah, that, into it as that's well. Tolkien, like you just described Tolkien. That, that's like, how Tolkien got to where, you know, write the basically the foundations of standard fantasy Mm -hmm. um but understanding how that interest translates to role-playing will be important so be aware of that um but like if they can get passionate about something there's probably a way to get them hooked into role-playing provided you're able to actually stoke that passion you know if someone's hard into sci-fi like they are just loving the heck out of the expanse for example to plot a pretty popular current form of sci-fi yeah. you know or they're like a hardcore trekkie like they love the it's that sense of adventure and exploration that they can get yeah. from it and the drama but just bear in mind when you decide to invite them over that that might be what they're looking for and if you're not looking for it there may end up being conflict or compromise that comes from that mm-hmm. yeah because because if you think about yeah somebody who's like into star trek you know most episodes are a new world and a new thing that's going on. So it's like constantly moving the ball and changing the game a little bit. Um, so I then think... <laughs> they might be looking for that in a campaign. So that's something to, to think about in like the types of, of people you ask to be in a group. But I think you can, you can get everybody to mesh. Um, but yeah, definitely keeping an ear out. Like if you are looking to play, a role-playing game like pay attention to what the people around you are talking about and yeah. and that can give you a huge clue into who would be the most successful ask and uh, go ahead Dave I was just gonna say to, to capitalize on that 
on that one. We've been saying basically, uh, yeah, you can <clears throat> just ask people around you. That's that's perfectly plausible. That's uh, what we did. But there are many online resources. Just to mention a few, you got Roll Twenty, Fantasy Grounds, uh, various subreddits. Um, mm -hmm. Just search D and D Reddit, and it'll pull up. But uh, these are all easy ways, easier ways to get into a campaign and try to find one that you want, you know, uh, works with sub subject matter that you're interested in. Another thing, uh, yeah, actually you just remind me of something a lot more topical and interesting. Um, so thank you for saving cool. everyone. From that. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I just remembered that like, a lot of if you are involved in any other like group say like on a discord you're on a discord with like a large discord you know with a yeah. lot of people and oh yeah oh yeah a lot of those that are in like nerdyish topics have like looking for group type stuff in them mm -hmm. for people that are looking for groups to do any gaming with you know they yeah. like we're, oh there's definitely like looking for group uh D, &D discords and even uh, even random other things yeah be, beyond a lot of the like, ones i've been in have a hey we all play tabletop games here's the looking for group channel or yeah. the let's talk about nerdy nerdy tabletop rpgs channel yeah like it, it's not limited to a like there is just a channel to find groups like there is just like pay um I'm bad at Discord. I'm gonna show, which is awkward. Mess, message boards. Service. Yeah, there's just boards yeah. in a larger group specifically for that. Whether it's mm -hmm. you know, there's a bunch of people on a, a channel that like wow, and so they've made a, a board for yeah. raiding. You know, you'll find similar things for other stuff, including D and D, as well as so th that's one. There was another one I had. It's gone. There's a format if you are truly unable to find a way to do it um oh local like if you have a local facebook page for like your town or county mm -hmm. i know i'm all over the place tonight. i'm sorry I... <laughs> no i'm sorry no. I, thought, I thought you were gonna... uh, never mind <laughs> craigslist you know find a hooker pay them play with them literally pay pay five strippers to play D D with you you do it long Listen. enough to become friends probably they might have fun. They might have they, fun. They might. You might change their life. They're, or they might like, change What are you into, baby? Role play. They're like, oh. <laughs> well, what kind I of outfit should we bring? Do you have any chain mail? <laughs> Who's going to play the world? wizard? <laughs> Do you have a stave? A staff? <laughs> Do you have any weapons? And they're like in their domination Mason, gear, and you're like, perfect. Mason, I can't hear you. Uh -oh. I, oh, think I, I muted myself somewhere. Okay. Hopefully, it wasn't um, so we've mentioned uh, like online resources, um, and and we talked just a second about like local game stores. Before we talk about that, uh, can we just take a second and talk about some of our experience on online um, spaces Ooh, to find games yeah. and some pros and cons of that. Yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, you good to go, Dave? Do you want me to? Yeah, I, I can start off my short. I'd, 
first off, I don't have a ton of experience with like looking for groups uh, online, but what I've I, I've, I've perused through uh, all the aforementioned sites, and um, not only have they increased uh, due to the current COVID situation, lot, mm-hmm. lots of people yeah, are coming sure. out of the woodwork looking for groups, but you know, I've, I've seen a lot of, <laughs> I've seen a lot of formats actually, uh, for these online groups. And it, it starts with the re- like some of them require you to register, uh, not register, but, but basically build a resume for the character you're going to play and kind mm-hmm. of, uh, describe yourself in the resume. So people, can get more quickly get an idea of what kind of players they're collecting because online as we all know reaches billions of people literally and uh you get all shapes and sizes and all personalities and that makes problem players problem dms a much larger problem than you know looking for local singles in your area to play D &D with Mm -hmm. tinder do Tinder T- for Tinder. Tinder. <laughs> also Grinder. We I'll need to, to do that. I'm gonna, ask, I'm gonna ask my wife if it's okay if I make a Tinder account to see if I can get people to play D D with me. That's brilliant. Tinder premium D. All these girls just want to sleep with me. I just want to roll dice. <gasps> I just want to kill dragons and eat dungeons. <laughs> but um a more serious answer that I was gonna bring up and this is a better time to do it. So um again, thank you, Trevor. Uh, there is a, f- it's actually an entire format of D and D that I found out about forever ago. Um, and it's called play by post. And Larry. basically it started on like old forums where people were just kind of like wanting to interact and they would just, they would post on a forum and they just would do each action a post at a time. It's yeah. a much, it literally, I, I did it for a little while. Um, when I was in a drought of D and D and was at the true depths of my depraved uh, cravings, dude, um, I, I might have been someone that was posting with you. <laughs> we'll have yeah. to change usernames off well, the exchange username over <laughs> uh, off, off the air, so to speak, and find out if we're related. I feel Maintain. bad though. Um, it's a whole story, but basically, you know, these websites are. It really feels like a different game. Is one thing I'll yeah. say. Starting out is it, it is so slow paced from the practicality of life that it, it becomes sort of an old game its own game however all of those websites that do play by post will also have looking for group areas oh, yeah. and so if you can find even if you don't actually ever play by post if you read some of the stories people are creating on there and you're like these mm-hmm. are cool stories and i like i like what these people are doing you can actually get to know the way in which the people you would meet there role play before you get to play with them, which is really nice because it gives you a chance to watch someone play D&D before you play with them to know if you're going to have, like, compatible play styles. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's yeah. some translation stuff from online to in-person and the play-by-post stuff, but, you know, it, it, that's, like, something you don't get anywhere else, which is a pretty cool tool. Yeah, if, that, if that's, that's really fascinating. Really that's, not, that's something I haven't gotten into at, at all. Like, I've played a lot online but I haven't done uh, like text-based play-by-post. Yeah, that was my uh, that was my first big creative outlet. It was uh, 
was writing that. Mine was a bit more weird. It was like uh, it was like story by post, not necessarily game by post. Uh, it was it was really like people. The group I had were all uh, were all writing in like a novella type style, so it was much more uh, playground of the mind oriented than D and D's. <laughs> that's really fascinating yeah i think uh, it was strict by the rules D and stuff like oh, it wasn't super were. strict like but we we had like here's combat rounds and rolls and stuff like that mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and so uh, like to give just an expectation for that like like was mentioned it'll be a much slower paced game because it'll be each combat round is somebody like messaging in their answer when they have free time so it's not uh, usually that'll be a, a a lot slower of a of a format, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. I can imagine ways where that could be very interesting, where you have time to like think about yeah um, oh, what man. you would do. It's, it was it's fun. It, it was it's cool. Fun. Like the as long as everybody understands the pace and you're okay with it, um, it can be really really fun. And so, like an average pace for posting was like, and this was part of like the, you would actually put up like an ad for a campaign you wanted to run. And then you'd take re- um, character, basically resumes from your players. Yeah. Um, and, and you'd put in how often you expect people to post. And typically it was either once or twice a week was what most people expected. Um, Oof. Which like, that's, yeah, that's, that's slow. That's glacially <laughs> slow, right? But like it's it's practical because then no one gets left behind, yeah. Right, mm-hmm. like when I, I I did a player and as a GM briefly, and like when I did a combat round, I would say, okay, I'm gonna update the next round of combat, um, from the actions of you know the monsters you're fighting, on say Wednesday at seven o'clock Utah time. If you don't post by then, you're gonna get your turn skipped. I'm not gonna kick you out, but your turn got skipped this round. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Or if we're doing like non-combat stuff, I'm gonna say, okay, what are you doing? Here's the situation. Blah blah blah. <sighs> You know, I so guess it's, it's very slow. Moving this back to our overarching subject, uh, what it fundamentally comes down to is uh, <clears throat> someone needing the the will to play, and on top of that, the will to interact with others and ask them to join them mm-hmm. in whatever adventure they're choosing, and that's. That is the first barrier uh, to to get through. And coming from someone who's done it a lot and had a lot of uh, rough starts, a lot of petered out campaigns that never really went anywhere, it is so very much worth it to keep doing it, keep at it, and until you find the campaign that so- uh, you fall in love with. I had I had one more thing I just wanted to mention about like online play that we kind of uh, we mentioned a few times like um, resumes or questionnaires. Um, this that's something you'll probably run into if you play online. Is uh, a a GM has a, an idea for a campaign? They put out a posting. They say here's kind of what it is, and they ask for you to submit. A group of questions about it um and they usually it has to do with availability 
has to do with play style, has to do with what type of character you might want to bring. Um, and Content. when I first got started, I found those like like weirdly intimidating, like I had to be vetted. Um, <laughs> but now that I have run several online campaigns, I understand. Um, when you're playing online, there's a lot less social pressure to show up and be there because you don't yeah. know these people. Yeah. Um, so if the reason that people are asking those questionnaire things and asking you to, to submit all these answers to some questions, like I've had ones that are intense. They're like, you know, here's all this. How, how often do you want to play? How often have you played? What kind of things do you like? And the, you know, it takes like 30 minutes to fill it out. But me as a GM online talking to random people, I know that the people who fill that out actually want to fucking play. Yes. Um, Because the biggest problem with playing online is that there is the social pressure is lower. Um, You are going to feel less pressure to show up to that campaign just because it's online and you don't have an emotional connection to these people yet. Um, So, so I found that a lot of them petered out in the first three to four weeks especially when I was very blasé with who I was letting play. But if people were willing to talk to me for two to three weeks before we started playing, then I could be reasonably confident that they would keep playing at least for a couple months and we could do get somewhere. I mean, just to add on to that, if you decide to take the online route, this applies to uh, uh, real life as well. Just communicate, communicate, communicate. That's mm-hmm. if you really want to play. That's how you are going to tell people that you earnestly want to play, and it's disrespectful. I mean, DMs, yeah. both DMs and players, take times out of their week to get together and make this work. So, yeah, I I just mentioned that because because <laughs> I had a lot of like disappointment um in trying to play online i had so many sessions that you know it was session two after session one and everybody said they had fun and then only like two people out of five showed up and it's because the other three people didn't really care they just wanted to try it out um but then they like also didn't communicate they didn't say hey this isn't really for me i'm gonna drop out they just didn't show up um like this ghosting um, that happens uh, with random people online is a lot is a lot more common. So be prepared for that, and just know that if people are asking in depth questions, that's part of the reason why it's like a a defense strategy. It's trying to um, suss out who will be willing to invest in it, because um, you can only have a group as long as everybody in the group wants to invest. Um, but I don't want to dissuade people from playing online because I have had a lot of fun playing online. I've had several campaigns that lasted six to eight months online. I just want to make the expectation that I also had a lot of them that didn't get past session two or three. Trevor, what the hell? You literally have a session that's going on three years that's online. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it started It started in person. Yeah. But it started in person. <laughs> yeah. So, so okay. we, we have a little bit more social like connection 
connection yeah. to drive <clears throat> us to to be there um like the fact that we have each other's phone numbers and know where each other lives has like a huge impact on that you know? uh, yeah you know, if also, i if i only know you on discord and i message you there and i can't reach you i can't ask you any other way if you're actually coming to session yeah listen listen this friend group formed on the basis on the foundation of wildly inappropriate memes and nobody's gonna tell me otherwise. No, I, I still remember. Well, I'll, I'll tell that story later. Um, yeah. um, so the other thing we were gonna talk about was like game stores, local um, yeah. game stores, and kind of what they offer. Um, and these are becoming so much more popular in so many more places. Um, when I grew up, I lived in Topeka, Kansas, which isn't a huge city, but there's like you know, over 200,000 people there. They had one game store. Seriously? Yeah. Oof. Wow. But now there are five game stores in Topeka. So the amount of popularity that role-playing games and board games have started to, to amass is changing the landscape. So there's going to be a lot more, even in smaller towns, you'll probably have some sort of board game store that may have people playing D and D or other role playing games. <laughs> so what, what my experience has been, especially recently is that a lot of these places have a D and D, a pathfinder, a Warhammer, night. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The one that I've gone to most recently literally had a D and D night and they pay the game masters uh, a certain amount of in-store credit um, to host to run a, a mission and they have an oh. ongoing storyline so they have a campaign setting that all of the sessions have to be in and they have character cre- custom character creation rules for the, the shop so, so you get you get to pick from a, a, an, a, a wider option of starting weapons in d and it's D fifth edition so they have like you get to have like one magic item off of a list when you make your character um and then if you if you play for three times you level up milestone yeah, yeah. so if you if you make it to three sessions <laughs> um and they and they're paid um so it's like but it's only like six dollars it's pretty cheap. And that money gets all split up to the, the GMs. It's very worth it. Again, taking time out of everyone's week to put this together. So Yeah. And I, I had a lot of fun. I went I went like four or five times and you know, they're um generally they would have tables marked by like what the tone was gonna be and what generic level the adventure was prepped for. That's really cool. So they did a mix of like completely homebrew stuff and they did Adventures League, which is like standard Wizards of the Coast stuff, or they did pre-made adventures. It was just kind of whatever uh, the people who were willing to run were willing to do. And it was really fun. There was most times I went, there were like 40 people there. So there was like, jeez, there was, yeah, there was like, you know, five to seven groups playing. That's, uh, that's more than I've ever seen. Uh, I would say <clears throat> don't have a huge amount of experience with with shops like that, but uh, 
the ones I've been to, they're, they're a bit, just from, this is my personal opinion, they're a bit off-putting at first. Uh, I'm not a huge socialite, and I pick my campaigns pretty stingily, but um, just my recommendation to anyone listening, just jump in jump in give it a try i mean you'll learn yeah. that's i i mentioned that more as it's an accessible <clears throat> way that if you can yes. get one person to go with you mm-hmm. then that that's a super easy way to at least play some role-playing games and try some different ways and then you'll learn what you like and don't like um and then it makes it easier to form up groups later yeah, um, but even course. even if a game shop in your area just has like a generic board game night, go to that, play some board games, get to know some people, um, and usually they have postings of, mm-hmm. hey, here are local people who want to play. Um, <laughs> they can play here. They're hosting at their house. Local singles looking for groups. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I also haven't. I have actually not played D&D at all at a game store. Um, I was going to mention this a little bit, bit earlier, but it ties in here as well. When it comes to like, you know, the, the this at a game store and online, the general assumption is you're probably not going to know more than one or two people you're playing with mm-hmm. super well. Unless you're already like at the game store playing board games Ooh. or card games or whatever. In which case, that's even better. You have a really great way to get in. Those people you already get along with play with them, have fun, you're set and good to go. If you're looking online or at a local game store to try and meet new people and play games with them, it can be just really intimidating, like Dave said. And I think the biggest reason for that, for me, and I would imagine for most other people, is just that like there's kind of an inherent lack of knowledge that you have going into that situation. You just you know mm-hmm. there's a dynamic that has been established, and you know that you're not in the set of people that understands that dynamic. Yeah. Like when it comes to online, you know, the interview process is going to be like really weird and foreign. You're like, I don't get this and it makes me uncomfortable. But then like when you understand like they're doing that. So then the, everybody that shows up, they know they're going to be able to have, have a good time with. So it's worth that time. It's worth that awkwardness of like, yeah, it's kind of silly that I'm basically giving you my D&D resume to play with you. Mm-hmm. But what yeah. I get out yeah. of that. I thought that is, was super weird. No problem. Yeah. But what what you get out of it is a better experience. So it's worth that bit of awkwardness. Like to try something new, it's going to be awkward. Mm -hmm. That's, that's the guarantee. You, you, Mm -hmm. if you don't know that already, I'm sorry to be the one to break the news to you. (laughs) Trying new things is the most wonderful thing you can do while you're alive. And it's also the most terrifying. Yeah, that's Um, true. And you're going to have to find whatever works for you to deal with that inherent anxiety, but it will be worth it. And Everyone who is at the table, here's the secret, whether it's online, at a game store, or you and your friends trying something and you, none of you have any idea what's going on, everyone at that table either is feeling the exact same way or did at some point in time when they first mm-hmm. played D&D. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. they understand what you're going through, and they're probably just happy to have someone to play D&D with the same way you are, because they like playing D&D. That's why they're there. Or tabletop yeah. role-playing games. That's I'm going to have to bleep out like word, every yeah. other word in that sentence. Ta- tabletop role-playing games. But yeah, as TTRPG. A, <clears throat> um, I, I do also want to, to bring up like um, the, the game shops 
traditionally have been overwhelmingly white and overwhelmingly male. Yes. Um, and that has been my experience until recently, like the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. I think um, people are becoming a lot more cognizant of the fact that, that more people play uh, tabletop RPGs than just white bearded dudes that are overweight and don't wear clothes that fit well. <laughs> um, and that's even me even saying that is a little rude and a little conceited, but I've been in those spaces and been made to feel like I wasn't nerdy enough. And there's like the weird gatekeeping. Cause I've got, I've gone to one where I yeah. pathfinder campaign. I've gone to one, I've gone to several D and D ones. I've even gone to like, like magic, the gathering or general board game nights. Um, and if you go there and you feel like you're not welcome, figure out who runs the game shop. Yes. Me- message them online and say, Hey, I'm super interested in this, but the environment there made me feel uncomfortable. Um, I've done that at one. And they messaged back and they said, oh, like they looked into like making changes and asked for feedback from me. Um, And so I gave some feedback. um, And the next time I went, it was a little bit better. It's not going to completely change overnight, but we're getting to the point where it's starting to shift in a lot of places. Bigger cities are going to experience it first because they're going to have more game shops competing. Um, But if you're in a smaller town and your local game shop is is not very accommodating then make them know that make them know that there are people in the area who want that um because they're going to go where they're going to do what they need to do to get business in the door yeah um uh can i bounce off that for a sec trevor yeah um when trevor said get to know who owns the shop like that is great advice at any game store ever yeah the least, get to know the employees like um, in the valley that uh, I live in, there are actually three game stores, which is why I was kind of shocked that Topeka only has five right now. Like, because mm-hmm. the valley I've been in is... They, they might have more. I, I haven't explored a whole like, lot well, recently. But... I mean, one's a college town, the other one... Yeah, isn't... and there's, there's also size differences <clears throat> and stuff. But yeah, it's, it's interesting, um, to say the least. Mm-hmm. But the people who start those stores, they're doing it because they love the stuff they're selling, right? They love the idea of being able to create a space to do all this nerdy stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. And so 100%. If a game store has been around for longer than a year, I can almost guarantee the most friendly and inclusive person in the store is probably the owner. Like I'd be shocked if that wasn't the case, (laughs) you know, because if they're the one doing all the gatekeeping, they're going to run out of customers pretty quick. You know, and and it may be different, like, in certain locations, but as a broad stroke, like, I I would say that's a pretty comfortable rule you could put down for a game store. And so if you get to know them, and you're not necessarily, like, truly friends with them, but if you're acquainted with them, and they can, like, recognize you and know you a little bit, they will help you out if you're having some issues. You know, they might even know someone who's just looking for an extra player Mm -hmm. in their group that doesn't necessarily play at the store. You know, they are a great touchstone for all of that stuff. And like Trevor said, they will do what they can if they have a brain in their skull to like help make the place better. If you're like feeling unwelcome, mm-hmm. like absolutely do that. Like the the game store I used to go to more often, you know, before things changed and whatnot. Um, 
like, I'm, reason- <laughs> I'm reasonably friendly with the employees there and like they work really really hard to make sure that like there was a group of kids that got really into magic for a little bit to make sure that those kids felt friendly and like that no one there was judging them for you know being unfamiliar with the complicated rules of the game and as a result those kids came back every single time when they wanted to go play magic because they knew that the players that were all there were going to be friendly with them they knew that the game store owners were going to treat them with respect and not try and like do some you know haha i tricked you trade <laughs> like you hear stories High school of, you know, yeah like oh the, <clears throat> i've got this foil charizard and it's really a sticker you know like from back in the 90s you know like yeah. everybody knows somebody that <laughs> like they're gonna keep that from happening and so those kids yeah. like came back because of that they'll they'll do the same thing for you even if you're not a kid i promise mm-hmm. like it's, know your owner and they will be your friend i think just the the strawberry on top because because i think we've covered this really well but uh game shops most of the people there I, I feel comfortable saying most of the people there are going to be at least friendly, you know, uh, initially, initially, because <clears throat> they all share one commonality and it's a love for tabletop games. Otherwise, they're not going to be at the game shop. So jump in, uh, see what happens. And, mm-hmm. and and obviously we're recording this during the time of COVID-19. Um, so it's not maybe the most applicable advice. Um, but I know two of the local game shops in, in my area where I live in Kansas are um, doing some virtual events. Um, so, so it can be a good place to start and touch off of um, mm-hmm. at least to point you in the right direction. Cause um, some, sometimes trying to play a role-playing game the biggest obstacle is just finding a group yes um so so what we've kind of tried to bring up was ways that we've done it um ways ways that have worked and kind of talk about ups and downs of all of those ways um and and sometimes it it takes a couple tries like i've had several groups start and then falter and then pick a different group and get going um, I don't know. Is that your guys' experience as well? Yeah. Like, some of you just have a false start. Or even the same group will take a few tries to get going just because the campaign idea didn't hit right. And so then mm-hmm. you try a new one, you start over. You know, or people just want to take turns jamming or whatever, you know. Sometimes it takes time. Yeah, time and uh, fundamentally lots of communication. I know I keep saying that, but communication, guys. That's... That's what this game requires. Shockingly, a game where you talk as someone who is not you, you're going to talk a lot. <laughs> you're going to talk a lot. <laughs> a whole lot. Um, and I have was... one other thing, but I think that's fine. Um, any see. any last thoughts on this topic before we kind of close out the episode? I, I, I think we caught it pretty well there's lots of ways i'm sure there are ones that we haven't mentioned um but there's lots of ways online there's lots of ways with groups of friends that you know there's game stores there's local resources um but it's it's all going to boil down to uh, if you if you really want to play you're going to have to put some work in and find a group um Mm -hmm. and it might not be 
right off the bat. Um, it might not be the first group, um, but at least it'll get you some experience. You'll understand more about whatever game you're trying to play. You'll also understand more about what makes a group successful. So like a lot of the faltering groups I've had, I don't really look at them as like a huge failure. I just look at them as like, Hey, we played, we did a couple sessions and you know, we learned something. And that thing was, we don't really want to play together or we don't want to play this. <laughs> um, you yeah, know, we or... don't want to play whatever this is right now. So don't be discouraged and, <clears throat> and keep on trying. There's a group out there for you. Um, last thing I have is we are not experts in everything, even though we definitely yeah, we act it's like we are. <laughs> well, <laughs> fine. I'm not an expert in everything, even though speak, I definitely speak what you speak for yourself. I know all about the Dunning Kruger effect. <laughs> in the future, I will probably say I'm an expert in everything, but I'm telling future me now. I'm a liar. Um, so if we forgot anything. Or there's something you've tried that we didn't think about or we don't know about. Let us mm -hmm. know. And when I say let us know, at some point in the future when this does exist on the internet and not on my hard drive, um, there will somewhere, wherever you're reading this or listening to it, be a link that you could theoretically contact us in some fashion or another with. Mm -hmm. Lovely and vague, I know. It's probably like an email that we'll make. Um, <laughs> but like, let us know. Like The reason we're doing this is to like, try and help people have more fun with tabletop games oh, and yeah. so if there's a piece of information we're missing let us know and you will find some way to spread that to other people we need a twitter account guys uh, we're, we're i don't know if i can twit i'm gonna not claim dibs on that we need, we need to tweet hey david the, the problem is left. we <laughs> want to start a podcast but we're all people who have no social media presence <laughs> I literally have none. I deleted everything. <laughs> I have not. The last time I logged onto Facebook was more than four years ago, and it was as part of handling the funeral proceedings for when a friend died. Uh, um, I'll, we'll work on it. it. I'll set up my, a Twitter account. Mine is, my Facebook is just Rachel tagging me and things <laughs> and uploading photos of me hey, and me doing nothing. Does. Same. So. which I'm fine with yeah. Um, but yeah I think that that's a good place to, to cut off for how to find a group I need a beer I was running out like halfway through